Lillian, I've got a question for you. All right, what's up? Have you ever built a water slide? No, but I would love to. You'd love to? Yes. All right, what if the first time you built a water slide, like the like your first shot, it had to be the tallest water slide in the world? I mean, it would have to be. I'm very competitive. You're very competitive. <laughs> you wouldn't back down from this challenge? Never. You have to build it, though. Yeah. I get that. And it has it's, to be the tallest one. That's fine. And I'm also going to make an aquarium with it and it'll be just a great time. Okay. Would it be safe? Probably not. <laughs> the aquarium would be though, because you got to keep the animals safe. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You would have very good company on the other side of that though. <laughs> the guy named Jeff. All right. I mean, that's a solid name. Okay. That's <laughs> a solid name. <laughs> My name is Eric McAdams, and this is a podcast about incompetence. Each week I tell you, the listener, and a friend of mine, a story from history involving massive incompetence. This week I have my good friend Lillian say hi. Hello. (laughs) This is Lillian's second time on the podcast. Last time we talked about serial killers. It's very interesting. You should go back and listen to it. (laughs) If you're into murder, which I know a lot of my listeners are... It's an intriguing topic. Get on that, man. People are into it. People like the murder. Their TV shows I just, all about it. I just recorded an episode with uh, Carson a little while back. That was the uh, most recent episode that was just posted. Mm-hmm. And her specific task for me was I had to involve murder in my story in some way. Was it a big way? I haven't listened to it. I apologize. You should listen to it. It ended up being a pretty fun story, although we go on a lot of tangents. So Lillian, what was your prompt for me this time? If I would build a water slide. Not this question. Oh. (laughs) What were your parameters for me for the story? Oh, well, first I asked to do something about the circus, because I'm really big into that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think aerial silks is the greatest greatest thing ever. But then when he couldn't figure that out, uh, he... (laughs) Well, I had another story ready, is the thing. Also, turns out there's just not that much there about aerial silks. It wasn't aerial specific. Like, silks are great, but you could have just done general circus. General circus, mm-hmm. anything involving the circus. Well, I might have something for you at the end of the podcast. Oh, so it's like stay a little tuned. treat. Yeah, a little treat. Might have something for you here. So instead of the circus... Amusement parks! We've got a story about an amusement park. Second best. Second option. best, really? Yeah. You're a big fan of amusement parks? Love them. What about water parks? I haven't been to one probably since I was 10. Hmm. Yeah, but it was fun when I did. What do you like to do at a water park? The rides. I mean, I don't... But, like, what rides? Like, what What are you into in a water park? I guess the What ones... makes a good water park, I guess, is what I'm asking. <laughs> Honestly, a water park that seems just like the wet version of an amusement park. So, like, ones that go up really high and drop you and mm-hmm. the fun slides. <laughs> See, I'm more... I'm less interested in that in a water park. Like, I love going on real high roller coasters. I yes. love going on real fast roller coasters. But when I get to a water park, I that from the way my family does it tends to be like 
after we've just had a day at, on doing roller coasters and to stuff. To cool down. Yeah, so we do it, like, right before we leave, basically. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to, like, go to the water park and then be wet for the rest of the day as oh you go, gosh, like, go on, like, roller coasters. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So we tend to go at the end of it, and I tend to just, like, jump in the lazy river and stay there. <laughs> That's... Are those the little wavy ones? Though, no, it's the ones that, like, carry you, like, with a current around the oh, thing. Oh, I went in one of those ones, and I was kind of bored yeah so. <laughs> that's all i want to do i just want to float down the lazy river nope i like excitement <laughs> see i'm the i'm all for that for roller coasters but when it, once it comes to like water slides i'm like meh i mean again i haven't gone on one in also years. i hate waiting in lines at water parks that is the worst part you have to the trick is to go to either water or amusement parks on a day that may have rain well no because my point is like i'm okay with standing in lines on a roller coaster because i'm fully clothed and i'm wearing shoes then but if I'm doing that at a water park, I'm like barefoot, I'm dripping, I'm like, I've got, I've got just a swimsuit on, and I'm just standing around while, like, my feet chafe on the fucking concrete. Aren't you supposed to wear sandals or nah. something? No? But that just doesn't seem sanitary. <laughs> I mean, it's if it's outdoors on concrete anyways, who cares? But then you might burn your feet. Eh, my feet have been burned before. Same, actually. Yeah. Also, I don't really like flip-flops, so. That's actually really fair. I. Mm. And there's actually one company that kind of found a way past this whole line problem. Is it the one we're going to talk about? It is, actually. <gasps> yes. Okay. You ready to start? I'm so ready. August 7th, 2016. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> a child has died at a water park in Kansas City. So back to murder. Continue. At first, there is an outpouring of grief for what is apparently a freak accident, isolated and completely unforeseeable. Okay. Then members from the water parks organization begin to come forward with a different story. Ooh. Okay. Intriguing. This is the story of three men. Their names are Jeff Henry. Okay. John Schooley. Okay. And Scott Schwab. Those are all solid names. Solid (laughs) names. Lillian is into it. She likes the names. Likes the names of the boys. Yeah. The story starts in 1966 when Bob and Billy Henry move to New Braunfels, Texas with their three children. Bob is the father and Billy is is the mother. Okay. There in New Braunfels, they take over a small resort, and to attract guests, the Henrys build a few extra water slides. When when those become popular, they decide to build a full-on water park, which they call Schlitterbahn. What does that mean? Schlitterbahn is German for slippery road. Okay, like so the very Autobahn. little. Oh, oh. Yeah. wow, I should have connected that. Yeah, <laughs> auto road. Yeah. Road for autos. <laughs> Everything is clear now. And Schlitter means slippery. (laughs) So all the money they make from Schlitterbahn gets reinvested back into the park, so it just keeps growing and growing. Good for them. In the 90s, it starts winning awards like the world's best water park, and that's when it really starts to take off. Why have I never heard of it, though? You never heard of Schlitterbahn? Literally never. Never heard of Schlitterbahn? (laughs) I apologize, but no. Every time I say Schlitterbahn, just spit is going to rain down (laughs) from me. So once once it starts winning awards, it starts getting national press, international press. That's when it starts to really take off. It becomes so successful that they decide to open up new locations in Texas. The Henry family 
opens opens Schlitterbahn South Padre in 2001, Schlitterbahn Galveston in 2006, Schlitterbahn Kansas City in 2010, and Schlitterbahn Corpus Christi in 2015. We are going to be focusing on Schlitterbahn Kansas City, which was led by Bob's son, Jeff. All right, go on with Jeff. (laughs) Schlitterbahn Kansas City opened to the public in 2010. They'd done a soft opening before that, but it really opened in 2010 with 12 water attractions. This was phase one. It would expand a year later, opening six new attractions in 2011. Okay. Jeff Henry was not satisfied with this. He wants to put this park on the map. He so wants wait, to... did Jeff Henry have any siblings, and did they run? The they other did have a co- he did have a couple of siblings. Um, I don't know the names of the th- the name of the third one. He does have a brother named Gary who is uh, currently in charge of Schlitterbahn. The total Schlitterbahn. Yeah. That's really hard to say. Schlitterbahn. Yeah. <laughs> Get used to it. We're going to be hearing it a lot. Okay. So, Jeff Henry is not satisfied with just having a, you know, a solid, standard, popular water park. He's not interested. He wants to be big. He go wants big to or go home. He wants to make his mark on the water park world. Don't we all? Mm-hmm. He wants to show the world that the Kansas City branch of Schlitterbahn is something to get excited about. He's not sure how to do this, though. Wait, which Kansas City? Kansas City, Kansas. I don't know if I'd go to Kansas for a water park. Would you go to Texas for a water park? maybe more i feel like that's more of a texas thing i don't know what's in kansas it's their can it's their texas ones i think that came up with their transportainment system where uh instead of entertainment while transporting instead of like walking through the park they've got like essentially like a lazy river going through the whole park so you can just float to different places that's actually a good idea yeah schlitterbahn in general is known as like a very good like branch of non-kansas city kansas well it goes fine at first, but he's not sure how to put the Kansas City Schlitterbahn above and beyond. He's not sure how to take them to the next level. Mm-hmm. That is until a Travel Channel segment comes to film at the park in 2012. Okay. In late 2012, this seg- these people come to film, and in an impromptu, unplanned statement, Jeff tells the show's producer that Schlitterbahn is planning to build the tallest water slide ever built. This is why things need to go through your PR section of whatever company you have. He doesn't say any any specifications. He doesn't name it. He doesn't give any specifics at all. And he's and he's and he later admits that he did this to impress viewers, the producers, and potential investors. That's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's literally just so dumb. <laughs> we are just getting started. Like, we are... I have so... I have pages, Lily. There, there are literal pages. Yeah. Am I the only one who hasn't heard of this, readers? I know you... Or listeners. I know you can't answer, but mm-hmm. how do I not know? So behind closed doors, Henry has a problem. He has to build the world's tallest water slide now. I don't think that's behind closed doors. That's out there. No, he said it is. So they... So, you know, everyone else assumes that this is a plan, that they've got it all on Because, you know, Schlitterbahn makes such good water parks. Mm-hmm. Good old Schlitterbahn. Yeah, you know. So... Working from his own ideas for the project, he hires a guy named John Schooley to help design it. The problem is, neither Jeff nor John Schooley is an engineer, neither has been trained to design rides like this, and neither has the ex- the mathematical expertise to calculate structural or dynamic engineering problems. So why was he hired? 
D- what? Short answer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the basic design has the water slide, which is now, which by this time has been named. It's called the Verrucht. What does that mean? The Verrucht means insane in German. It sounds appropriate. Mm-hmm. So the basic design has the Verrucht start at a point high in the air, drop down a steep slope, and then come up to a slight hill, kind of like how a roller coaster would. That's fair. And then to after the after that second hill to just go into a runoff pool. What is the actual highest water slide? Do you know? Um, give me a bit. Okay, we'll get to that. Production on the slide is immediately rushed and immediately troubled. But they didn't. Did engineers not look at it and be like, "Yo, this is a terrible idea." <laughs> The structural engineering went okay, though there are all, there were also troubles with that. A steel detailer is quoted as saying that he was worried about the construction of the tower because they seemed to be just making it up on the fly. The tower to hold it like up the, at the beginning? Like he was like, we're going to have people working 100 feet in the air on galvanized steel without a plan. I really don't know how to respond to that. And this it, the structural engineering, because the basic thing is like it's a tower... With, like, a spiral staircase going up to get to the top of it. And then the slide. And then the slide's just, like, straight down. Then back up to a Yeah, just to the, a hill. Then the good up and that's down. It. That's the, the basic. Classic, yeah. That's the basic design of it. So the structural designing went okay. And they start building on it really quickly. But the dynamic engineering side of it was non-existent. Normally, with huge attractions like this, a team of at least three engineers would calculate and test potential risks to customers who go on the ride. Yeah, like ta- sizes, small children versus large Exactly, people. and that process would take like three to six months. In comparison, <laughs> after Jeff first pitched the Varuk and came up with the basic design, no engineers were involved. Because and who pro- needs them in reality? And a prototype was constructed in less than two months. That's actually kind of impressive. How fast they built yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it was built very quickly. How many... I feel like you would need a bunch of workers day and night to do that. Jeff was responsible for this rush as he regularly communicated to his team the need for speed. He wanted it done by June of 2013, which would give them a time of seven months from the initial conception to opening day. But what I don't understand is even if you do a PR nightmare and say you're going to build the largest water slide, I think the public understands the need to for time. Mm-hmm. So he could have been responsible and gotten he could engineers. Have. He could have easily done that, except he wanted it done fast. He openly admitted that he wanted this done so he could brag to owners of other water parks. Oh my gosh. He wanted he... to be like, look at me over in Kansas. So I'm not even in Texas and I have the best water slide. I think Jeffy's a child. Yeah, Jeff Henry. Hmm. The project had several design flaws from the get-go, but the main problem was that second hill I told you about. Did people go flying? See, rafts with three passengers, because that was the basic thing, were heavy enough that the rafts were fast enough to go airborne on the second hill. Hopefully not too much. Since the hill was 50 feet in the air, this posed something of a security, of a safety risk. You can't see my face, but I'm making one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the second hill that was 50 feet in the air. 
And the first one was 100. 168. 100. Oh, so, okay. So they had a pretty significant time to get the velocity and all that science mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. For reference, Niagara Falls is shorter than that. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that also be uncomfortable to go down in a slide? Yeah. <laughs> it would be. Although people have done that one in barrels, so like... That actually seems really exciting, throwing that out there. <laughs> it kind of wouldn't, because you'd just be like, in a barrel, <laughs> you know? I wonder if the barrels... How do they close the barrels with people it's... in them? Yeah, because the... but they are like closed, because if they were open, they would just, they like, would just sink, fall yeah. out or sink or something. Like, So you're just like, how do you barrel. Breathe? How do you breathe? I'm not super that confused. Fun. <laughs> All right, maybe it's not as fun as I thought. Exactly, that's... Okay. People are going airborne, well, not people at this point, sandbags and and test dummies that they send down are going airborne on that second hill. But since the prototype Verrucht was already getting built, Henry and Schooley didn't find this out in the calculation or design process, but after they had already started testing. I mean, don't don't they make little mini models and have a couple drops of sand? I don't think they did this time. Maybe for other coasters. Oh my gosh. Other rides. Oh boy. So video footage leaked out from the testing, uh, and that got to the public before the slide opened, where they would send sandbags down the ride, and you could see them going flying on the second hill. Did you find it on YouTube? And can we find it on YouTube? Uh, don't think so. This led to Henry publicly denying that the ride was unsafe, and privately... Moving, moving all the test rides to the nighttime so people couldn't see. Oh, he is so shady. Yeah, all the tests happened in secret and at night from I then on. I feel like I would still record if I was an employee. I'd be like, yo, yeah. this is actually what's happening, guys. Because it's a little scary. So eventually Henry gave up on the rushed schedule because they couldn't crack this jumping problem. There's a weird little quote from Jeff here where he talks about how there were too many G's, how they couldn't, how there were too many unknown variables in the physics of it and how they were having trouble with the testing. At one point he says, obviously, things do fall faster than Newton said. I think he might be a moron. He thinks that Newton was wrong because his team's calculations aren't working. My statement stands and he might be a moron. There's also a quote from him about how he planned to use the Verruckt to change the industry's safety standards. So that they would take away the safety standards. Yeah, he was like, why do we make, why do we have a height requirement of 48 inches? That was always weird to me. Yeah, who needs children to be safe? It's just like, they can definitely start working in factories again. Mm -hmm. That's the same line in my head. So, in 2014, Verruckt finally gets redesigned and rebuilt. Um, with a lower second hill. At what, like 45 instead of 50? No, I think actually the second hill in this version is 50 feet high. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not actually sure how high it was the first time. It around. was actually 100. It was a slight drop before yeah. the real one. They also install safety netting supported by metal hoops enclosing the slide. So if riders went sufficiently airborne, they would hit the netting on top. I feel like that would also hurt, though. As someone who's face-planted, like, going into a net seems miserable. (laughs) We'll ruminate on that thought while we break for an ad for another show on the Major Cast Network. Have you ever watched something for your favorite actor, but then afterwards you realized it wasn't worth your time? Well, our time is worth nothing. I'm Katie. And I'm Lenny. And together we host the Filmographers. 
Every month, we pick an actor and watch everything they've done. Then we report back to you so you know everything to decide if it's worth your time. So check us out on the Major Cast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. New episodes the first week of every month. Wow, what a great ad that was. Oh my gosh, fantastic. For another show on the Major Cast Network. You should all listen to that as well. Mm-hmm. So where we left off, I said that a safety netting had been installed as part of the Verruckt redesign. And I was saying face plants hurt. They do. They also hire an outside engineering firm that states that the accelerometer data suggested riders would go airborne enough to hit the netting if their raft weighed between 400 and 550 pounds, which was about what they were aiming for the rafts to weigh with three people. Okay, I was going to ask. I don't know the general population. Yeah, the rafts were pretty heavy, and so three people would make that pretty easily. Schooley and Park Operations Director Tyler Mills conducted, not Tyler Mills, Tyler Miles conducted, conducted tests that showed basically the same thing, that, th- that stuff could also go airborne mm-hmm. and hit the netting. Another outside party suggested an age restriction of at least 16 years old. Oh, well, kids love water slides. I don't know if 16-year-olds are too cool for them or not. They ignored this suggestion. <laughs> Because why do safety? It's super unnecessary. They also place a weight limit on the ride, saying that rider groups had to have a combined weight of between 400 and 550 pounds, i.e. the exact same weights that the outside engineering firm said might cause people to crash into the netting. But then you also have to get weighed at the park, and that just sounds like a terrible yep, idea. you had to get weighed as a group at the park to that make sure... That is a terrible that idea. ...that you would be in... That's not demeaning at all. ...within the guidelines, I know. I would not go there. <laughs> yeah. They also put in a rule... Uh, well, actually, wait a second. You're the one who was saying, like, if I was building one, it would be the tallest ever, it and would, also it wouldn't I... be safe. I mean, if I had to build it, but I would be smart and hire... People who knew what they were doing. doing. Okay. But here's the thing. The the question was, you had to build it. Like, you had to make it. Exactly. If I made it, we'd all be dead. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad you put yourself in the same pile as these guys. (laughs) Oh, I'm not. I don't do science. That's Mm -hmm. not my realm. They also put in safety guidelines saying that riders should strive that. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Never mind. That was that was wrong. Um. Safety guidelines for parks similar to this state that rides should strive to have their riders make no contact with any obstructions as they're going to the line, uh, down the ride. This makes sense, right? You yeah. don't want your riders to hit things yeah. while they are traveling at high speeds on an attraction. Fun fact, I was riding a roller coaster once and I hit my head on something and chipped a tooth. Huh. Yeah. Hit you in the tooth? Not my tooth. Like, my mouth hit up on its, uh, on the, uh, itself mouth, and the ride. Yeah, your tooth and chipped my tooth on chipped. another tooth. Yeah, it was not fun. What did you hit your head on? The Whatever the structural thing is next to you, because it was one of those upside-down rides, I think. Hmm. And it just had a really heavy jerk, and it just hit my tooth. Wow. So, you're not supposed to have obstructions in the way on a water slide like this. This makes sense. Yes, yes, it does. You remember those nets that are supported by metal hoops? Oh, no. They were placed over what Schooley and Henry knew to be the, like, known flight path of the airborne riders. 
I actually think these people are murderers and they're doing this purposefully at this point. <laughs> like this was this was their plan the whole time. I don't think so. I think they're just dumb. <laughs> Instead of changing the netting or doing another redesign of they're it, murderers. Continue. The park just informed riders not to raise their arms or wear GoPros while they went down. What does the GoPro have to do with literally anything? I think they anything. just didn't want footage from it in case there was, like, you know, bad stuff that happened. You mean when, not in case. <laughs> Also, they never adequately made any kind of maintenance manual, so employees didn't know how to fix things that broke on the ride. Things don't break at water parks. They never knew how to properly, like, do the upkeep for it. Because so, they were moving so fast, they just didn't make a manual. Uh, throw caution to the wind. Despite all this, Verucht opens to the public on July 10th, 2014. So about a year after he, they, he had originally wanted it to open. On the very first day, there's a video of Jeff and John watching people ride it. Jeff says, man, are they hitting that net up there? That boat flew. That boat looked like it flew. It's almost like they should have known that. Mm-hmm. The first injury on the Verruct happened less than two months after it opened. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, a 14... Well, not everyone goes airborne on it. It should be said. It's not like it's a... Yeah, it's the white thing. Yeah. A 14-year-old that is only named as AP, as far as I could find in the indictment. I might be wrong there. I was moving kind of fast. Well, also, I think to legally protect him as a... The first injury was a concussion for this 14-year-old, because presumably he he went airborne and hit something. Yeah. The injuries piled up slowly, but but steadily after that. There are like a dozen different injuries that take place over the next year or two. Oh, so it did stay open for a while. Oh, yeah. Two whole years. Two whole years. Lots of neck pain, bone fractures, spinal problems, and Ooh. whiplash occur because of the Verruckt. Okay. That ten- those tend to be the common ones that happen hmm. over the course of so its time over the serious. next two years. Yeah, just, you know, your basic. And, you know, you just walk just, it off. Just spinal injuries. You like, slip you're a fine disc, a you walk that right off. Personally, yes. But for most people, no. A 20-year-old did actually slip a disc on this. Oh, that is not funny then. Mm. These injuries were mostly caused by colliding with the netting, but that was not the only reason. It also happened because of improperly maintained shoulder straps that would come loose and rafts colliding with the concrete wall on the <gasps> other end of the runoff pool. Why? I I mean, that's when... This is 2014, you said, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you take to social media and be like, so this is what happened to me. I hit a concrete wall. Don't go here, guys. And you hope that it trends. Passengers who, you know, later became witnesses uh, noticed that parts of the ride appeared to be held together with rubber bands and duct tape. They also talked about how after they got off a ride with an accident on it where, like, you know, someone would, like, break their toes. Let or... me guess. The, the park would just be like, here are some coupons for some free chicken nuggets. The park would be like, wow, yeah, that wasn't supposed to happen. Your raft was going way too fast. It might have been a weight issue. We'll look into that is basically what the park would say. When not even free chicken nuggets or corn dogs. I don't know if there, there might have been that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm, sure. I'm going to go with it. Not they're... sure about the promotional opportunities that was <laughs> as a result of the Verruckt. Hmm. Where am I? I don't know. Can we help? We know all this because Schlitterbahn kept some records of the injuries. However... They didn't record all of them. Tyler Miles, the the uh, director of operations at the park, 
consistently took the incident reports and destroyed them after they happened. Because that's not illegal. Yeah. Literally, not at all. One victim said a man who called himself the ride's designer and who fit a description of Jeff Henry. One way he said that this that the man who said that he was the ride's designer came up to him after an, after he had an accident on the ride and began bragging about his achievement and how he wanted to take this idea to other places and how isn't it great that he had this huge water park built. Did Apparently Jeff- not noticing that this rider had just broken his toes on the ride. <sighs> Wait, all ten? I don't think all... No, I don't think all of them at once. I don't know if you smash really hard with your toes into the concrete. I'm pretty sure that would break all of them. An unspecified number of toes. It's it's important to know. And then, in the summer of 2016, the brake system on the ride began to fail. And also, there was one specific boat that appeared to be going too fast regularly when it was filled with a normal amount of air. That's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. All of this leads up to August 7th, 2016. Uh-oh. Kansas State Representative Scott Schwab. Yeah, you were wondering when he was going to come in the story, weren't you? <laughs> I definitely was because I knew who represented Kansas. <laughs> He's a Kansas State Representative, is Scott Schwab. Is he still? I think, believe so, yeah. Okay. He's, he goes to the park to, to visit Schlitterbahn, Kansas City, with his son Caleb and some family friends because they would reserve the day for state officials to mingle with Schlitterbahn higher-ups on that day. Yeah, really. Oh my god! This is like a normal day where they would like have, like every summer, they would just have a time to like mingle with the Schlitterbahn folks. When you're those fancy folks, you get some roll treats. I guess so. Witnesses say Caleb got on the Verrucht with two adult women in an acceptable weight range for the ride. But probably on the higher end Caleb? Caleb was 10 years old. Oh no. Witnesses confirmed that Caleb went down the ride and went airborne on the second hill and collided with the netting. Specifically, Caleb's head collided with one of the metal hoops supporting the netting, which caused Caleb's head to come off. No! Caleb Schwab died of decapitation on the Verrucht. That's... No! Oh my gosh, that's so upsetting. I need a second. Yeah, let's take your time. How does that... Can you imagine being the two women behind him? Or imagine being the writers that saw the trail of blood go down the slide. I'm going to just go home and curl up now. Mm -hmm. That's so so sad, too. Yeah. It's just a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Initially, the death was reported as a freak accident, and police and investigators were, at first, happy to go along with that sentiment. But his father had power, and However, whistleblowers from within Schlitterbahn came forward with details and records of the company's gross incompetence specifically handling this ride. At least the ones that existed and were not destroyed. Once all this came out... An indictment called for the rest for the arrest of Jeff Henry, John Schooley, and Tyler Miles. Yeah, a kid was decapitated. Yeah, and police had a hard time getting, you know, details on it because they kept finding out that Tyler Miles was destroying evidence, and that's the main reason he uh, was arrested for. That's the main charge for him, not the like the planning part as much. I really hope that he got jail time and is still there. 
However, when the indictment was unsealed, John Schooley was out of the country and he remains at large. Mm. I mean, if you're going to be out of the country when something like this happens, you now live out of the country. Yep. He has, he is, he is to this day not in police custody. Do we know which country he's in? No, I don't actually. It just said out of the country in every report I found. Boy. Tyler Miles' trial is scheduled for September. Jeff Henry is due in court this week. Wow, this is very relevant. <laughs> What's up, dummies? It's Eric McAdams coming at you with an update for the Schlitterbahn story. That was kind of a high-energy intro. Anyway, I know I said earlier that John Schooley was at large when the indictment was unsealed for this case. However, that has changed. He has returned from China, which is where he was. I'm reading from an article in the Kansas City Star right now. John Schooley, the designer of Schlitterbahn's Verrucht water slide, was being held in the Dallas County Jail Tuesday morning after authorities arrested him the night before. Schooley was taken into custody at the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport Monday evening by U.S. Marshals after arriving on a flight from China. He is being held without bond and is expected to be taken to Kansas for a first appearance before a Wyandotte County judge. The 72-year-old Schooley is from New Braunfels, Texas and has been charged with second-degree murder in the death of 10-year-old Caleb Schwab, who died riding for roots in Kansas City, Kansas, in 2016. So there you have it. Uh, John Schooley, no longer a fugitive from justice. Also, Jeff Henry is due in court tomorrow, Thursday, April 5th. So be sure to check the news to see what happens there. All right, we're going to get back to it. I think i got a pickle for the knowing ones coming at you next. Thanks for listening. Anyway, that's the story of the Verrucht at Schlitterbahn, Kansas City. That was actually a very good story. I mean, it's tragic. <laughs> that was upsetting. actually a good story. I'm so surprised. Guys, McAdams did well. <laughs> Thanks, Lillian. Why, why Why? do I not know this, though? Like, I read the news. I maybe didn't. And what do you Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of surprised you hadn't heard of it at all, because it was pretty big, like, national news that to a kid was honest, decapitated. I kind of remember hearing about a kid being decapitated, but yeah. I didn't realize that there was a connection there. Yeah, and what's interesting is I feel like we kind of shrug off amusement park deaths a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, people hear about, you know, oh, this someone died on a roller coaster here, and people, like, want to go on it more, not less. I mean, it's... Have you ever seen the third Final Destination? No. Oh, well, I also love those movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> the third one has to do with a roller coaster, and that's how they find out that they're going to die but don't because the vision yeah. thing. It's a very common theme mm-hmm. to, to die on a roller coaster. Yeah, it doesn't actually happen very <clears throat> often, but when it does, it usually could have been prevented. Yeah. I feel like that's maybe for what those, uh, like state fairs. I know it's more popular because they don't have as much upkeep with it. Wow. Yeah. That's, I, that's the Verruch. The Verruch is now closed, I should Is the mention. park? Nope. Schlitterbahn, Kansas City remains open. Uh, none of Schlitterbahn's websites talk about the incident on the websites. I wouldn't if I was, again, back history. to PR. Also, Jeff Henry isn't mentioned on any of their websites either. Oh my gosh. He never actually existed, according to them. Yeah. By the way, I believe Jeff's mom died the same year, weirdly. Let's hope that wasn't like it tit-for-tat sort of thing. I don't think so. <laughs> ah, my son died on your roller coaster, now I'm gonna have your mom die on this Ferris wheel. <laughs> don't think that so. That would be some serious fate. And unfortunate also for the mother. Yeah, I guess. I hope that it was peaceful and 
you know, age related. Yeah. They see Bob and Billy seem like pretty good, good people, people for the most part. I don't know. So I've got one more little story for you. Okay. Because after a long story of of incompetence on a massive scale, super I, massive, not like, that massive. No, it's just so as, just about as big just about as big as a water park, <laughs> or the biggest water slide. Mm-hmm. That wasn't mine, of course. So about 168 feet feet worth of incompetence. Yeah. So after a story like that, I like to follow up with a small story involving competence in an absurd way. Mm-hmm. Call these the pickles for the knowing ones. Is that a real saying? Um, Google Pickle for the Knowing Ones. I'll do that later. Yeah. It's an an interesting thing. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to tell you the story of Leon LaRoche. Okay. I prefer the name Leon to Jeff, by the way. Yeah, I think so, too. So this is where the circus part comes in. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) I'm so excited. If you had gone to a Barnum and Bailey circus in the 1890s. I definitely did that one too. <laughs> in the late 1890s, you might have had the chance to see a very unique circus act. You would see a tall structure about 30 feet high with a winding pathway curling around it. Kind of like a spiral staircase, but smooth, like a like it's just a pathway. Okay. No actual, you know, stairs. No way to climb up. Yeah. That goes all the way to the top. At the bottom of the pathway would be a metal sphere, just sitting there. Okay. Just a few feet in diameter. Okay. Nothing would happen at first. Just some dramatic lighting and you'd see the structure Mm -hmm. and kind of go like, what's going on? The build up. Yeah. Then the sphere would begin to move. And there were people in it. And would roll up the winding pathway all the way to the top of the the, uh, structure. Interesting. Would roll itself all the way up there. Once it got to the very top, two arms would spring out and wave at the audience. Okay. Was it magnetic? And it would come back down and it would roll all the way back down to the bottom and then Leon LaRoche would step out. Okay. I like Mr. LaRoche. Yeah, LaRoche was a contortionist. He could fit himself into really small spaces like a tiny metal sphere. Contortionists are so cool. And somehow he could roll a metal ball with such precision while he was inside it that he could roll all the way up without any boundaries on either side of the of the pathway. That's amazing. That's so impressive. Yeah, I have no idea how he did this, to be honest. Neither did his viewers. LaRoche <laughs> would perform that trick for decades, and it would actually become popular enough that it would inspire some tin toys. What? Like you could, There are these really old antique toys that sell for, like, thousands of dollars now. Uh, that show Leon LaRoche on, like, a wind-up toy rolling all the way up and rolling all the way down. This is why the circus is cool, kids. Yeah, do you want to see it? Actually, yeah, I do. There's the picture of the toy. Wow. You know you're doing it well when they make toys for you. The trick was was initially called La Sphere or La Boule Mysterieuse. interesting yeah so that's the story of leon laroche that is definitely competence on a major scale and so impressive i wanted to i wanted to do like just a kind of off the beaten path kind of circus Mm -hmm. attraction like i also found one uh 
Octav a woman who went by Octavia Tour when she um, performed was an automotive enthusiast who would be on this really tall structure and drive down on a track which would curl over, go upside down, and then hurl her into a flip and have her land on that is, another That thing. is the best thing I've heard. And where can I learn to do that? That's the promotional image. That's so cool. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love the circus. So I almost did that, except it was just the strangeness of La Sphere Mysterious, mm-hmm. which which put it over the top for me. It had to and be that just one. so mysterious. Yeah, it's just like, it's just so weird. Like, you come and you see a ball, and it starts rolling upwards. And you're like, what is this devil magic? And you're like, is it on strings? What's going on? I mean, my first thought was magnet, like, clamping down and pushing it slowly, but... Mm-hmm. But nope. no, it was pure talent. It was a dude named It was Leon. a dude. It was a very magical, talented contortionist. <laughs> it was an incredible little man. I don't know if he was little. That's just an assumption on your end. I feel like it's probably pretty accurate, though, considering he got into a tiny metal sphere. But they can fit into suitcases now. I mean, yeah, but it's not like it's going to be a boon to be lanky as a contortionist who fits into small things, you know? You know, I guess that's kind of fair. I'll put him at average height in my head. I think he's probably shorter. Also, it was an earlier time and people were shorter than so if they were my height, they'd but be when like, I was back in the 1800s watching the circus, mm-hmm. you know he seemed he seemed pretty tall to me, but I might have also been. But shorter. I was also four foot eleven. Yeah, but I was also four foot eleven a couple years ago, so it's fine. <laughs> the uh, and remember, like people were shorter on average than like if mm-hmm. someone was my height, they'd be like pretty tall. I think if a woman was my height, she'd definitely be tall. Yeah, you would be like the average height of a dude. Yeah, back then. This isn't really an interesting conversation. Not we should end this podcast. Del- oh, I thought you were going to delete it. <laughs> we're going to delete the whole podcast. It's all done. This was fake. Well, you don't have anything you want to plug on the internet. Is that correct? No, that is correct. I apologize. I'm not as exciting. That's fine. I just have to run through all my plugs. Can you? Is that okay if I do that real quick? No. My name is Eric McAdams. You can find me on Twitter at AudaciousZeroes. You can find my personal website at NoCharacterIsSafe.com. You can find my Screen Rant articles under my name, I guess, if you want to do that. Click on them a few times. You'll give me money. Uh, And you can find my other shows on the MajorCast Network, like Sunday Morning Hangover Cure, by going on the website and clicking on them. So do that. Yeah. Give it a download on iTunes. Give it a rating on iTunes. Comment on iTunes. We could use it. Literally do all the things. Yeah. Well, we can always use more comments. We can always use more word-of-mouth advertising. Tell your friends. We're trying to grow the listenership here. Tell your friends that you get to learn about amusement parks and circuses, and it's obviously going to draw them. So you'll be a good friend. (laughs) Tell your friends about Leon LaRoche, because you learned about him today. All right, say goodbye, Lillian. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.